All right, this is The Inconvenient Truth with Sharice and Early. Wow, we are back. This is our welcome back um, episode. We are taking a little hiatus. Welcome back. Well, you know, we've been on break with COVID and all of the different pandemic, you know, should I say needs or requirements? Related issues. You yeah. know, just issues that, you know, kind of impacted our lives and I'm sure the lives of our listeners. Mm-hmm. But we're back and ready to roll. Yeah, and, and I think it's um, apropos that uh, we are recording now as we are currently in the state of Virginia, things have lifted. Um, I mean, by by Memorial Day, it was buck wild at the beach. Right. You know, it was like they just went. You know, all the restrictions and the um, requirements are have been lifted. So, I think it's a cool time for us to kind of catch up our listeners on some of the things we've been pondering. Uh, that's one of my words. I always say, well, let me ponder that. You know, some of the things that's been on our heart or whatever. Uh, so, this particular episode is is called what does america expect from the black community and uh, i think it's interesting that we talk about um disappointments and expectations um just from the just from the vantage point of understanding where that expectation comes from so how do you look at trees let's just jump right into it how do we how do you look at the uh the word disappointment because, I mean, this year, you know, from 2020 to 2021, has been a year of peaks and valleys and issues and challenges and certainly disappointments, especially with some of the things that have been, been headlining the news moving from uh, the election all the way through to currently. How do you view disappointment? Well, disappointment is really just a misaligned expectation. So what, what do you mean by that? Sometimes we, we we have expectations that are, are in line with maybe what we've been thinking, what we've been dreaming for, but not necessarily what our reality is. So sometimes if our expectation is not in line with the way things are going, we're disappointed. So that doesn't mean disappointment is good or bad. It's just an, an emotion that happens when what you expected to happen doesn't happen. So like a cause effect. Yeah, just like that. Wow. You know, like for instance, like I expected... Um, a greater response, maybe from the uh, uh, Christian community, when it came to D- George Floyd's issue, George Floyd being killed, you know, mm-hmm. because the, the, the country shut down and we were all looking at that and we all witnessed that and we all had some sort of empathy. And I expected, you know, um, some long-term maybe empathy. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was very short-lived and I knew that once we got ready to, you know, for the the country to reopen, that yeah. things would start to kind of simmer down and we'd be back where we were. So that's just, so now I'm disappointed, you know, because I had a misaligned expectation. Wow. And, and you know, we talked about that, um, that as it began to swell, there was almost some pessimistic uh, mentality where I don't want to get so excited. You know, that, that's why, you know, even with the, um, the trial, the verdict, and all that right. stuff that came out. There was a even on the day the verdict there was, was due, trepidation about being. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't comfortable because I was like, we've been here before. So what I want to ask you because you you always have a way with anybody knows you. Um, they they refer to you as a wordsmith. You are very great with words, uh, and you write, you speak, you do it all. Um, but when you talked about expectation. You said you had an expectation. Walk us through, just from a black woman's perspective, mm-hmm. what expectation means to you, 
what that what that just take us into that moment that capsule that you're referring to about you developed an expectation because we heard what happened with your expectation but i'd love to hear how you came to it and, and what what was in your 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 the inner workings of that if that makes well, sense well an expectation of course breed has the ability to breed hope so i had hoped that something different would happen i had hoped that we would somehow or another maybe not come to um real equality but at least get closer to some type of resolution right um but it seems as if now we're just kind of going backwards but yeah so i expected first of all because it seemed like the as they say the stars had aligned mm-hmm. covid shut the whole world down you know so before when things have happened and we've, we've experienced this our community has experienced this i mean more times than we can even count but it, it happened in the midst of everything else in the world happening. So there was always something that could distract you, something that could take your attention. But when this particular um, this particular killing happened, it happened at a time where the country was forced to to focus because they could they weren't there was nothing else to distract them unless they were going to keep looking at the numbers of de- of death or that the death toll rising from COVID that they didn't want to admit was real. So you know either way it goes, I I, I saw that people were. Um, focused in on that. People were reaching out saying stuff. I mean, there were people who were saying negative stuff too, you know, but there were people who were saying, oh my God, you know, how did I miss this? I never knew this happened. And so um, at the time they were, you know, ready to put on their, you know, to put on their boots and pull up their straps and kind of jump in the, in, in the fight with us. But mm-hmm. um, once they had an out, many of them took that out. Some stayed, you know, stayed the course or, and then other ones took that out. For instance, you don't hear much about this kind of stuff, you know, as much as we did before when it was just, when the world was quiet, mm-hmm. but we're still hearing about, you, you, they never stopped talking about things like abortion or even something as, as crazy as unemployment. Unemployment, there are people that are mad because other people are getting unemployment benefits that doesn't take away anything from their paycheck. It doesn't take anything out of their bank account and it, it doesn't hurt them at all. But they're mad that people are getting unemployment benefits. And if you're getting an unemployment check or whatever, first of all, let's go back. People who receive the PPP loan are mad that people are getting unemployment benefits. Right, right. And if if they're getting unemployment benefits because the government just doesn't just hand them to you just because you say, hey, I want them, that means that they had to be their employment had to be verified. Their status had to be validated before they could even receive a benefit, which means they had to have worked. Right, and paid into it. And that. paid into it. So we talk about, you know, what goes up comes down. You know, you reap what you sow. We talk about all those different things because however you want to say it, it's the same concept, the right. same theory. But then when people start reaping those benefits because it's not what you would like to see, you're mad about that. And that, that, that breeds another disappointment. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you said, and, and the key is the key is in the word um, benefit. Right. It is an employment, unemployment benefit. It's not a handout. The government added a kicker into that um, last year. But honestly, if I've worked twenty plus years and been consistent with my employment, uh, because people forget that the employer has a right to go and contest your right. unemployment. Right. Most people that were a good a good percentage were. Put on unemployment by their employer, <laughs> you know. Exactly. But, but you 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 come you unpacked a lot in that 
kind of that that, that, that statement, yes. right? But I love it because it's layered, and just like this podcast, 30, 35 minutes or whatever, we're not gonna come to a resolution. Right. Our goal is to illuminate issues and highlight pop, highlight talking points to cultivate a conversation. So I love that it's layered and it's complex and it's not just, oh, here are your three principles on how to overcome racism because there are no three principles. No, there are three. But you, and I said all that to say you unpacked a lot, but this, the initial kind of the, 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 um, lead up lead statement of it all was there was an, there was an expectation that you had from the Christian community, right? Absolutely. And when you, when you had instantly started talking about that, it made me think about the um, Birmingham jail letters Mm -hmm. um, from Dr. King. And he began his letters, first of all, by calling the clergymen people of genuine goodwill. And he acknowledged that they had a, they had sincere concern, but he didn't challenge them. We, and I think that's where my disappointment was because I heard the clarion call of um, the the clergy across the country being challenged, Mm -hmm. right? But I didn't see the um the 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 uh the strength the fervor that's the word that i didn't see the fervor to see it end to see in end or see it through to some other resolution right. as as i did for other you know hot button topics in, right. in the church like gay um abortion um i'm gonna throw a crazy one out there marxism right and, and my issue and i've said this to you many times if 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 you were vocal about the dangers of Marxism mm-hmm. creeping into the church, but not as vocal about the dangers of idolizing nationalism that comes into the church, then, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Well, you know, I mean, then the other part of that is when you talk about Marxism, that takes you back to Black Lives Matter because that mm. word Marxism got really highlighted in the Black Lives Matter movement, which has been a movement forever. You just now, you're just now hearing about it, right. and it's not going anywhere. But um, that was a big deal with that. Mm-hmm. But when you flip it to January the sixth, these were just a bunch of crazy people. These people were just, you know, hey, they were passionate they were about their country. Misguided. Hey, they were misguided. You had all of those things to say about them to soften what they were. But when the black people were upset, and it wasn't just black people. Because the Black Lives Matter movement... It was a movement. It was a movement, and it still is, that encompasses a lot of people. Now, the Christians might not want to join in the fight, but you have white people, and you have all these people... LGBTQAP+. All these people jumping in, yeah. Yeah. Jumping in, saying, hey, we with you. Your life does matter. And in turn, I'll say it for them. I mean, this is Pride Month. Their life matters to me. Right. I don't have to be Asian, American, or, or, or... Um, anything to say Asian American lives matter. Right. Because I understand that they are experiencing a unique um, a unique uh, assault or persecution that unfortunately cancel culture doesn't equal assault and persecution. Um, I I just posted something today that I thought was really um, it, it was poignant to me and it said that if we stop we're so worried about the effectiveness of cancel culture that we're not worried about the the need for people to have accountability for what they say. Right, the cause of, we're not talking about the cause of cancel culture. Again, another buzzword. There was, oh, this old cancel culture, this is so dangerous. There's been cancel culture. You know what real cancel culture was? Was when um, Dr. Martin Luther King gave a speech and then the church that he gave the speech in got bombed the next week with little girls in it. Or the cancel culture that a lot of people jumped on when Colin Kaepernick right. said, hey, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not standing for the flag. Right. Or the national anthem. They immediately canceled him 
And I mean, people were going crazy. They burned Nikes. They burned Nikes. Which they is stupid because you, unless you robbed and stole them. Right, you spent money you, for because yeah. <laughs> Nikes aren't cheap. I'm not burning my right. Jordans. Sorry. But then no, they I'm said, not. oh, I'm not watching football anymore. You That's know, if they're going to do this. That's cancel culture. It's, it's, and, and the definition is um, the, the backlash for an action. Yep. Or... Uh, you know something that's said. So when we talk about cancel culture, I mean, I, we're just kind of dancing around. This is our catch-up um, episode. We just gonna throw a whole well, that's what we buffet. Do, yeah. This is like old, um, old country buffet. Um, but that whole issue with cancel culture is, you don't want some people don't want me to acknowledge the mess up because that makes them be that makes them accountable to what they said even if the mess up was years ago i'm not saying that if you're a, if you're a dj and and we find a tweet from 8 years ago of you saying something you know derogatory right. towards women uh, because anyone's past if you look they're they're skeletons right but my thing is are you able to own what you did right that's what i'm yep you got to own what you did acknowledge it and if you have a change of heart or your mind has changed about things which it should mm-hmm. because we should constantly be evolving into to a different level of or our character should even be involved in because yeah. just different a different iteration of who we are because the more we know mm-hmm. the more we should grow so the problem is Many people aren't growing because they aren't trying to know anything other than what they know. And when your life... Whoa, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. You got to say that again because you just said that so smooth. I need to hear that again. People people don't want to grow past what they know. Yeah, because then that means for it, that gives you a different level of accountability. But you don't want to grow past what you, what you know. And the problem is people aren't growing because they don't know anything else because they live in an echo chamber. If everybody in your world is amen and everything you say or they're agreeing with everything you say, you have nobody in your world that can challenge you, not just somebody far away or they live in a whole different state. I'm talking about somebody in your immediate world that are, are acquainted with the issues that you're talking about. Your day-to-day. Right. If they can't challenge you and you live in an echo chamber, your growth stopped a long time ago. Mm. You know, all right, let me let me throw some Bible in there real quick. Okay. And we've had this conversation um, very recently because of something that I spoke about, uh, the, the whole Corinthian church. Mm-hmm. They weren't lacking in gifts. Right. They were extremely talented and gifted and charismatic. Mm-hmm. But what they lacked in, even with all those gifts, in fact, Paul... Uh, if you do your 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 th- theological diligence, your diligence yeah, <laughs> you will know that Paul he praised the Corinthian church far above other churches in regards to their gifts. Right. But we never even heard what Paul wanted to speak to them about, because in First uh, Corinthians around chapter three he says, "I would I wanted to come to y'all with some meat, with something structural, with something stronger, mm-hmm. but you guys were a." You were addicted to milk. Mm-hmm. In other words, your digestive system never, never evolved, right? Or grow, or or grew, right. to have a different appetite or palate for something else. So we, Paul, died with a a word for the Corinthian church that they never got. That we exactly, and then in 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 in, in uh, consequence, we don't have. And you know why we don't have it though? The reason we don't have it is because we. We're, 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 um, how can I say, we're rock solid to a certain degree on that letter. Mm-hmm. In other words, the, the, the Bible in, in printed form. We're rock solid on that because we know everything that was said, but we aren't in touch with Jesus enough to know what he's saying today because for real, it, I mean, if it, unless he changes your mind about some things that you've known, 
then your relationship with him isn't vibrant because that's how things change based on your relationship. So there were some things that Paul was going to tell the Corinthian church that he could have told us if we wasn't stuck there and we opened up our ears to hear what he was saying to us today. So maybe this whole, because there is this, um, and, and I can't even say new movement, uh, there is an awakening mm-hmm. of our awareness. Yes. But then, I'm sorry, y'all, because I said awakening, which makes me um, think about being oh, woke. Oh, don't be woke. You know, you, know, you can't be woke. Even though woke <laughs> means to come alive to new truth. But anyway, um, so uh, there's an awakening uh, across the globe. Mm-hmm. And we're just finding out. I, I, what's cool is there are movements and there are things that are happening, right? And But people aren't talking about them because they're afraid to talk they're afraid. about them. Right. So as we begin to get courageous enough to say things, we find out that there are people in other parts of the world who have been whose hearts have been troubled with the same matters. Right. You got to be courageous, courageous enough to risk being a part or being victimized by the cancel culture. If you're too afraid to be canceled, then you're too afraid to invoke change. That's just it, period. So if you're worried about, oh, I got to tiptoe around this issue because I don't want to be canceled. For real, you've already been canceled for those folks a long time ago. You just mm-hmm. don't know it yet. But you got to be, you got to not be afraid of that. Like, for real, Colin Kaepernick, if we think for one second that he didn't weigh the risks associated with doing, with standing up for what he believed. Mm-hmm. So when we say, oh, he was canceled. Oh, yeah, I wish he, I know he wish he hadn't done that. I know y'all think black people are stupid, but we aren't as dumb as you think we are. And for real, he had already thought about that. And he was willing to take that risk, just like Martin Luther King did. That was a risk for the stuff he did. Mm -hmm. But he was willing to take that risk and be canceled to get his message out. But you know, um, and the the line of thought I was going to was that whole concept of deconstruction. Right? So deconstruction is is a, it's a new word for an old um, message that's Meaning. been happening yeah. right and when you talk about cancel culture in, in relation as you deconstruct mm-hmm. there are things that you cancel that's right you should you can't cancel me even if you can find the stuff because you know at our age most of our dirt was done with Polaroids right, right. so there was no <laughs> internet so good luck with that um, but if you per, if, if, if per adventure you happen to interview someone that knew me even if they knew me two days ago they don't know me Right. Because we're constantly growing and evolving, okay. but um, so there is a part. I think let's let's keep Colin and Martin in, in the conversation. There. Okay. So uh, Colin, he he did, he was canceled. Yeah. To a certain demographic. Right. Which is actually a good thing, because if everybody likes you, you're not doing something right. I agree. You know, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and <laughs> no. you know, um, you know, regards to Dr. King. You can't cancel what I've been called to say. Right. Yep. You can try and 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 yeah, you can boycott me, but the people that I'm assigned to hear to, to touch, the the you know, so a company, I mean comedians, uh celebrities, everybody's oh I'm I'm so scared to say something. But you know who's not afraid? Authentic people. Authentic people are not afraid, and they're not afraid for real of the repercussions because if if I'm being true to who I am which is what I do, or if I can say it the way people say it nowadays for whatever reason. If I'm being 100% honest, even though there's no other way to be honest except, except 100%. Except 100%. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, if, if you're authentic, then you are you are confident in your calling or your purpose, whatever you feel you're called to, and you take that risk, and you take that risk knowing that it's a risk, mm-hmm. but also not being afraid, because, like, for me, I... I know what I'm. I know who I'm called to. I know what I'm called to do. I know. Yes, I'm very um, 
I'm well associated with activism because that's just what I do. Right. And I know that there are people in my world that just are like, oh my God, Sharice, you say too much, you do too much, you this, you that. And for real, ultimately, then they just aren't my people. Stop listening because I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> I mean, it, it, to do anything otherwise would to deny, if I change because of cancel culture. Now, right. let, let me let me qualify what I'm saying, y'all. If, if there is a bigoted, negative ide- ideology that I have, for instance, when I was working uh, in a school a few years ago, someone who was a retired Navy person said, well, you know, all of a sudden when the Navy got so sensitive, I had to get out there, get out. Because what they were referring to was they couldn't make jokes about gays and, and derogatory mm-hmm. comments about women. You should be changing and you should be afraid if that's the mentality you have. But if you've been talking, if you've been spitting real truth, yep. authentic, authentic truth, and be, and growing, yep. you can call yourself out about certain things. As a speaker, I can listen to something I said 10 years ago and be like, oh, that's still that's still some good stuff there. That's still some good principle. Oh, I'm glad I changed my thinking yeah. on that. Yeah, it's so many things that I thought that I'm like, even, I mean, even as a Christian, you know, gosh, I started preaching years ago. That I started, that I thought was just, for me, I thought it was truth. Right. I thought it was truth. And what I learned was that anybody that believes they have a corner to the market on truth are deceiving themselves. Because we should be ever learning. That means we're always learning. We're always evolving. There's always something about us and about God that we didn't know. Right. And if you think you know it all, then you might as well go ahead and lay in the coffin now. Because that means you're not necessary anymore. You used to say something. You had a... Um... And I remember what you say in these little um, models, models or themes or, or, or quotations or whatever. But you used to have something that you used to say. I can't pull it up in my mind right now on um, present truth. Well, there is a thing called, that? called present truth okay. in First Peter. And the, the object is, is that, yes, we say that, you know, and I'm, I'm, I said First Peter, so I got to reference, you know, the biblical aspect of it. But we say that God is the same. He never changes. No, his holiness doesn't change, but his methods change from time to time to ensure that he's operating within the confines of what's going on in the the world around him. And if we don't operate in the present truth, that means we're operating in something that's old and something that was stale. And when you say truth, oh, truth is just truth. Truth doesn't change. Truth is lived from the inside out. That means that you don't get to tell me what my truth is because you aren't inside of me. That's why doing this whole, again, this whole thing, you say, what does America expect from, from the black community? Well, what we expect from America is for America not to tell us what our experience in America is unless you're a part of the, this black community. Because my truth is my truth. And that's the same thing when you talk about the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. I don't get, I can tell them what I think, what I feel, you know, even what I believe to be true. But I can't be defined enough to tell them what their truth is or isn't that give that if i can do that to them that means that white america can tell me oh no racism doesn't exist oh no these laws weren't built against you and they can't tell me that wow wow so truth is lived from the inside out for instance when you say present truth there was a time before COVID 19 before george floyd before that man's knee was on his neck for nine minutes and 26 seconds there was a time when people who are not black or who did not you know live within the confounds of our daily fears mm-hmm. when their truth was oh america's equal oh all you know everything was just on, on an even playing field mm-hmm. and police there's no such thing as police brutality come on guys they, they're making this up if you comply and dress better yeah if you just comply oh you'll not live wear gangster clothes right 
that's the stuff fine. they said. Right. So now, after living this, they should have what is called a present truth, which has grown from that other the stuff that they thought that they walk, that they witnessed right. that there is systemic issues yep. and I, I've had people stand toe to toe to me and people that know me know I'm highly supportive I have some some really close people in my life that are in in law enforcement yeah we've yep. worked with, yep. we work currently yep. with law enforcement on certain initiatives certain issues, yep. so, but we're what we're not compromising in is the reality that over the last five years there have been over 22 police departments that have been ruled from outside entities to have racist systemic racist um, um, practices in place right they've they've gone in they found secret um Facebook um, pages yep. uh, mm-hmm. secret they've pulled the Department of Justice the government that we are told mm-hmm. to honor pulled uh you know phone records and found out that police chiefs right were involved in these things bounties all kinds of crazy stuff and so and what should have happened was and it did for some people it should prompt a massive oh my bad that's what it should <laughs> a, do it should prompt a collective uh from all communities oops my bad i had no idea so when you talk about being disappointed <laughs> right disappointed that that didn't happen but then these same people who feel like with police, if you just honor them, if you just respect them, and we, you know what? Hey, we're called to honor them. They're authority. They say that, but then they live in a, in, a, in a state where the governor says something they don't like. Oh, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's oh, a fool. I saw. I don't and have you, to listen to him. Wait, I've seen Christians with T-shirts that said, "My governor's a jackass." Right. Or I don't. <laughs> I don't have to listen to him. He can't. He can't mandate me to Those, do these anything. These are my civil liberties. Yeah. Right. And, and, but so authority. So and my question was, uh-huh. I'm sorry, I'm good. I get excited about this. My question was, when how, when do we draw the line and say, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna obey this person, but not that person. Right. Is it from um, municipalities? If I go through um, Emporium, well, I better uh, obey an Emporium because they're gonna no. be your ticket <laughs> ass you out there. Uh, but, but so how do I? And for our community, right? Because we've only had the black experience. Yep. I can't tell you what it's like to be Italian. Right. I can I can sympathize with them because I've read things when they first, you know, when there was that big migration into yep. the um, mm-hmm. New York and Ellis Island and all that. I've read how they were um, treated, you know. So I can't empathize with that because yeah. I know what that feels like. Yeah. But no one has the right, and I've had people tell me early, you're gonna you're gonna try to tell me that this country is racist. If you aren't in this experience, because if I'm not hungry and you're hungry, we're going to make different decisions on when we're going to slow the car down to get something to eat. And uh, depending on how empathetic I feel, it's depending well, on when you're going to eat. And you can, you, you probably will have some level of, of empathy because you've been hungry before, right? Yeah. So you understand you understand what hungry ah, is. I see what you did. So, I see, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying, so you have a level of that, but just like you just explained, you know, how you can be empathetic with, say, Italians mm-hmm. or even Asians. You know, we can be empathetic with a lot of different, a lot of different groups of different cultures because we've taken the time to explore some of their challenges. We've taken the time to read up and Educate learn some ourselves. stuff. Yeah. So you, ha- you aren't Italian. You had to educate yourself on that to develop empathy mm-hmm. what's going on that people in the world don't want to they don't want to um they don't want to um shall i say they don't want to learn about our situation so they can learn more know more and grow grow more they don't want to do that but we've taken the time to do that for everybody else but when it comes to our community the reason they aren't empathetic is because they're so busy living in a bubble and in an echo chamber that they haven't even taken the time to say you know what 
Let me see if there's something to what these people are saying. For instance, um, yesterday was Sunday, and there was an incredible documentary that had reared. Um, oh, the Black this Church. This is our story. This yeah. is our story, yeah. The, the, the historical account of the Black Church. This is archaeological. Um, I mean, this Smithsonian-level um, research was done and traced all of the movements and how a, a huge movement in the African-American church uh, impacted the whole Christian community. The whole world has been better because of the input and the um, the and the footprint of the African American church. But we're not even asking you to read the book. Watch you the can't documentary. Even watch four hours, and it's two different parts. Right. It's only two hours. No, it's four hours. I think one is two hours, and the second one is two hours. I mean, if if, if church leadership, whether it's pastor or even a a a, a worker, a community group leader, cell group leader, if you are interested in a diverse church, then why would you not take the time to educate yourself on the black church, which was only started as a result of of, of, of being excluded from everywhere else. And there has to be, you know, before I've heard the challenge, well, well why do you have to have a, a this and a, a HBCUs? Why it's time to get away? They are historical because they were the result of what was happening. I heard this real cool NPR um, uh, uh, segment this morning that talked about a a uh, Supreme Justice from the 1880s, mm-hmm. right? I forget his name, Herschel or something like that, Herschel. And um, he grew up on a plantation that his parents owned, and it came out in his biography many years later that he actually grew up with a half black brother. Mm-hmm. And the, he was the only one that voted uh, to not enforce segregation and to not have separate but equal, you know, right. because for him, and, and you can go back and read his dissent. Not only did he not not um, go along, but he wrote this lengthy dissent that's been passed around, passed around through churches and everything like that back in the day. And now mm-hmm. it's just available uh, with this new book coming out. But he was concerned that when we start talking about one race deserving more mm-hmm. because we don't want better we don't want more we don't want uh uh, uh ex- more excellent than more than just equal just equal. equal i mean this country is so it's so this country is so funny and i served in this country in the army but this country is so funny is we we celebrate the civil rights act just the act that we, we had to make it illegal yep. to not act civil to people. Right. <laughs> so right. so when we say, when we do all of that and we say, okay, what does America expect from uh, the black community? Well, America expects us to sit down, shut up, and get in line with what they've already given us. The sad part is America is being disappointed because they have a misaligned expectation. <laughs> you know, it was as you said that, um, I was thinking about with people, some people's rebuttals. If you go back and read your your Twitter feed and your Facebook feed Ooh, during the feed. pandemic, I mean, just anybody, <laughs> yeah. anybody, you're listening to this podcast, just go back to last year this time and look at some of the stuff that was going on on people's yeah. pages. People were saying, in response to, this is a systematic racism issue, they were saying, you know what, if you don't like America, leave. Leave. So your response to... Um, so, okay, I come over to your house and say, man, it smells like dog crap in here. Okay, that one's not a good one because I couldn't leave. But, <laughs> wait. But no, no, but I mean, you could leave. You could leave, yeah, but why would you need to leave if you were invited 
you were invited there. Oh, I see. See, I, this is why you're the wordsmith. You just hooked that all up. So instead of saying, let's clean this up, they go, well, if you don't like the funk in here, you know, you don't have to be here. No, I do, because I I have a right to be here just as much as anybody else. And just because I criticize and critique, and I thought the Constitution gave me the right to do that to my government and and hold them accountable because right. they are the government for the people. The people right? all, but all people. All people, right. But we know it anyway. But uh, <laughs> so when you say what does America expect from us, you said that I think well, let's flip it and say what what do we expect from America? And I, I can sum it up in one word honor there you go honor means i don't have to live your life to respect your life honor says i don't have to know all of your struggles to extend grace and dignity to you honor says you you are valued and the fact that someone had to print up a doggone t-shirt that said black lives matter that should not (laughs) even have been a statement that needed to be made because if the proof was in the pudding we wouldn't have to say nobody says i don't think you love me unless you've been showing them that you You don't don't love them them, right so yeah I, i think that um you know, we, we, this is a layered conversation. We're just going to continue on with this. Let's just make this a part one, two, three, four, however long. Let's just do it. Let's just exhaust this conversation as much as we can. Um, uh, again, this is The Inconvenient Truth with Sharice and Early. And our hope is that uh, in some of our, our ramblings, <laughs> our dialogue, <laughs> yeah, our dialogue, that something was said that, um, I hope something was said that challenges your thinking. Because I think the, the walk away takeaway from this is uh, we we can't grow until we know. We can't grow until we know. And sometimes the truth is inconvenient. And that's that. <laughs> Y'all have a great one. See you at the top.